I need these. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Extraordinary Expletive. You got your boy Jay Dubs over on the mic here. Kenny G's on this side, and we're stopping, collaborating, and listening to the Extraordinary Expletive. Because that's what everybody needs to do. If you guys have time, I think that's what you should do. You guys should just stop, collaborate, and listen to what we have to say and what we want to say to you. I just threw it out because I'm wearing a Van shirt. So. No, dude, it's great. It's great. It is. <laughs> Ice invented rap. That's amazing. I, I was waiting for you that. to say something, and you never oh, did, man. so that's why I had to point it out. Oh, man. I was like, eh? Eh? So, guys, uh, we just wanted to go ahead and say, and by we, I mean me. I know Kenny's backed me on this, but I just started uh, driving truck, so my schedule is kind of sporadic at the moment. So last week, uh, we had to take a uh, week off. Uh, this week, we're supposed to have a special guest on. Um Mr. Breo, Deshaun Blackwell, um, scheduling issues happened, um, which, you know, is a thing that definitely happens. So uh, we had to reschedule for hopefully next week. If it doesn't happen, um, we do apologize, but we'll be definitely getting his ass on here soon. Um, I just feel like, I don't know, uh, I guess we don't always have to do it every I just need to week, wear a hat. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hats happen. But I don't know. I, I feel I feel comfortable in bringing guys content every other week at least. I, I mean, I like the once a month thing. It made it more of a, a novelty. Maybe get more people, you know. True, true. Plus, we haven't just, it just hasn't been the two of us in a while. Yeah, yeah, right. We got um, we got a new guy. We got uh, Trey Me running cameras. We got Trey Me running uh, computer tech. Trey Me's not here because he's hung over. Yes, uh, Trey Me had, you know. A weekend. Yeah. Uh, it is it is a rough thing to run a podcast on a Saturday or a Sunday uh, afternoon, especially when you work weekends. Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, don't work weekends and you work afternoons. And then what day do you have to party? Well, Saturday, my boy. You know what I mean? So, yeah. That's so good. Uh, we still have t-shirts. So if you guys want to buy one, they are very well made from Lola and Company Designs. You can check them out on Facebook. Vicky does really good work. She can get you she does all kinds of shit you can t-shirts tumblers you know you, if you cup holders if, if you're like hey i need this she can probably do it for you so yeah uh i'm super excited with their work uh aside from our t-shirts we've actually uh bought stuff from her exclusively um i've even had her made me other t-shirts for other things and uh she's always been like super cool who's a bitch Carla. Carla's a bitch. Carla is a bitch. And it came out great, dude. I <laughs> loved it. You know what I mean? Like, it was exactly what I wanted. I was like, hey, can I get some, like, kind of super girly front uh, font on the front? And then, like, just big block letters. It says savage as fuck on the back. And she's like, yeah, dude. I was like, how much? She's like, 20 bucks. I was like, ah, hell yeah. Done. Like, smack. Here you go. So, um, if you guys do buy a t-shirt from us please check out her card her info is on it uh her facebook her twitter um excuse me not twitter her instagram so you guys can check out her work there she does a tons of cups tumblers um a lot of them are very what would you say comparable to like uh yeti yeah cup yeah. holders yeah they, they work really well the, the tumblers yeah shit i had one uh 
honest to God, I took, uh, she made us an extraordinary expletive tumbler set and I took mine and I went to the zoo in uh, Grove City, the new one. Oh, I thought you meant like the zoo in Sharon, the bar with the dirt floor and the sign that says no sucking dick at the bar. I wish. I wish that was still open. It's not though. But no, we went to the zoo. There was a blood stain on the ceiling. I left my fucking tumbler in the car. We went through the zoo. I came back. My 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 beer was still cold. Oh, that had to be exciting. It was like ninety two degrees, man. Like you were sweating standing in the sun. So I was super stoked about that. I was like, hey, Kenny, hook me up, bro. Um. So this week, um. We're kind of just going on a limb here. Well, yeah, because we were originally going to do the R&B, so now we just don't have anything to really talk about. Yeah. We, there's a lot of good shows this summer. That's I. That was one thing I was going to talk to you about. A lot like, of... Hey, man, you trying to trying to throw these uh, these festies coming uh, out? What is it? Megadeth? With Megadeth? Lamb of God, Trivium, and I forget the other... In Flames. In Flames, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's a super huge show. That is... That For, is a heavy hitter when it comes to... Metal bands. The one thing, though, is Trivium is always the bridesmaid, never the bride. True. They're always, like, one of the first two opening bands. Like, every show they have, they're like, all right, you guys are here to see this band later? It's never like, yeah, we are Trivium. We are headliners. Yeah. I, I've, they are a great opening act, though. I mean. I've seen them two times now. They're probably the biggest. They're probably the biggest name you can get to be an opening act. I mean, they're still super huge themselves. Yeah, but they're just, they're always the number two. Like, Slayer's never like, we're going to open up for Trivium. Yeah, true, true. Um, but I've always been super impressed with their music. Oh, I love Trivium. Um, I think they're really good. You know, we had we had Mike uh, uh, Russell on here, and he's a super huge Trivium fan. So I know he's going nuts. Um, he actually oh, asked me. Oh, he's blown his load over that. If I was going to it. He's big into Megadeth, too. And I was like, man. Like, see, my, my issue... Um, you guys go ahead and judge me, but I'm not a super huge Megadeth fan. Like, I honestly cannot stand the way Dove, Dave Mustaine sings. Like, it's just, it's too much for me. I, I do, I really like Megadeth. Well, I like a few, like, three albums from Megadeth in the, the 90s. And that's about it. I respect them wholeheartedly, but I don't know, man. It's just. Ever since I watched Dave Mustaine cry on the Some Kind of Monster documentary. Somebody actually once told me, um, and then by once told me, it was like a month ago, when uh, Dave Mustaine had announced that he is officially cancer-free, somebody said, yeah, but the music industry is not free of the cancer that is Megadeth. Damn. I was like, whoa. Yeah, but even um, their last album that came out was like really uh, critically appraised, so I, I hadn't, I haven't listened to it yet, because I haven't. I have not either. I was going to say, you're the one that told me he finally got a Grammy for it? I think he got he some sort of award for it? He won a Grammy, yeah. And uh, it's been, what, 30 years in the making? Yeah, because I don't think he, I think that was the only Grammy he's ever gotten. Yeah. I mean, Jethro Tull one time beat Metallica for best metal band. So. <laughs> what? You didn't know that? No. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they, well, I forget which Metallica album was, but it was back in the 80s, and, like, it was, like, the first year they had, like, a metal Grammy, and they gave it to Jethro Tull. Oh, my God. See, that's when, um, I don't know how you want to say it, 
Exactly, but you should not have critics being in charge of something like that. Yeah, it was, it was new. It was something they didn't understand at the time. But then again, like they still don't understand rap music. So True. Like You have a lot of rap people now who are making the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which... The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a sham, and it shouldn't be a thing. True. True. I think there should be a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but the way they do it is just completely just dog shit. Yeah. It's have you ever not... been to it, though? No. Oh, they have some pretty cool stuff. But it's like any Hall of Fame. Like, even going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I'm like, wow, this is some cool shit I didn't even know existed. Like, when I went to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, they had, uh, so back before there was a Pro Football, everyone loved college football, and they had, like, trading cards from, like, the 1860s and 1870s. And I'm like, how do you even find something like this? Yeah. And they were, like, in pristine condition. I'm like, how do you... Like, you know, some of the edges were, like, you know, a little rounded. But I'm like, how do you how do you even, like, find this? Kind of off topic, but I guess same thing. Um, our mutual friend Scotty just messaged me the other day. <clears throat> he Snapchatted me a Pokemon card. And it was the ancient Mew promo from the second movie that came out. He said, hey, Josh. He's like, what is this? He's like, I know it's a Pokemon card, so don't give me any smart-ass answer like that. And I was like, okay. And then, like. You know, I messaged him back. I was like, oh, that's an Agent Mew promo from, like, the uh, second movie. Uh, I was like, I don't think they're worth too much nowadays. But it was in mint condition. It was still in plastic, everything. And I was like, I honestly think, you know, you're looking like 20 bucks in a bag there. And he goes, thanks, nerd. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, all right. So we started talking. And then uh, next thing you know, he starts Snapchatting me back more cards that he found. He's like, yeah, we were at Davina's mom's house, and we found this binder full of cards. I was like, well, what's all in it? He sends me two first edition holographic Machamps from the base set of the official American launch of Pokemon. Mint condition. One was still in the packaging. The other one was opened. And I was like, Scott, what else do you have? And he was like, oh, I'll send you a couple. I'm like, okay. And I was like, I'm going to be 100% honest, you're probably looking at about $1,000. Like, if you want to take the time, put them on eBay, sell them one by one, you could probably get a grand plus out of them. I'm like, if you're just trying to take them all one place, bulk sell them, and then, you know, take your cash, maybe around 500 you know what I mean? But still. Yeah. You, know, you think about, but 1860s? Like the cards, I guess I guess it was ten. Well, it wasn't eighteen. It was like the eighteen eighties. But still, that's still crazy. It's still man. crazy that it's over a hundred years old. Yeah, Scotty, the ones he's like a hundred and forty years old. Shit. Uh, nineteen ninety six, I think, or nineteen ninety eight. I mean, I have this uh, year they came out. When the Yu Gi Oh movie came out, they Let's gave away the, the cards, and I have like the the really rare blue eyes one. But I think it's only worth like twenty bucks or something. May, it might, it's probably, I don't know, I haven't checked, I never really checked, I just know that I have it. It's in a binder with all my other Yu-Gi-Oh cards that I haven't looked at since college. Because we randomly would play Yu-Gi-Oh in college. But there's a, there, there's a bunch of other shows going on this summer too. Uh, the, I guess the biggest one is Rage Against the Machines going on tour for the first time in like 20 years, but good luck affording tickets. Yeah, um... Not, not to interrupt, but I realized um, we had the other mic <laughs> selected. So we are back with audio on the internet now, or at least we should be. 
But, uh, yeah, Rage Against the Machine. That was a huge comeback. I was super excited. As soon as they said they were going on tour, I'm like, I'm going to go see them. And then I went on the uh, the Live Nation website to buy tickets, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to go see them. There's no way. There, there were only, whenever I looked, there were only 40 seats left, and the cheapest one was $275. And it was like, in the, no- there is no bad seat in Consul Energy Center, but it was like, you know, in the nosebleeds. And I'm like, I, I can't do that. No way. How are you going to become the machine? Yeah, we talked about that right beforehand. And uh, there was like a one Twitter post I seen. And it says like, oh, hey, a band named Rage Against the Machine who sings about capitalist America is now capitalizing on ticket prices for their shows. And it's pretty sad. I mean, don't get me wrong, dude. Tom Morello is great. Amazing guitarist, but... I don't know if they were that big to charge. I could see like a band like Megadeth big, or Metallica. There's, a, there's a big enough hype around it though, just because they haven't done a tour in twenty plus years. You know, true. They haven't been true. in Pittsburgh in twenty years, so leads me to believe though that like, remember when Zeppelin came back two thousand seven? Well, they didn't do a full reunion. But well, yeah. But I mean, they came back for that one show in um, the UK. Yeah, and they charged a fucking. Did they? Char- I don't know. Did they- I don't know. That's what I was gonna ask you. Do you know how much? I forgot were they then? even came back for that one show, but like I'm sure it was. They hadn't done a show a lot. in what thirty years, maybe. More than that. And holy shit! It know? makes you wonder though. Is Rage Against the Machine gonna make a new album? Because they haven't. They haven't made a new album since Renegades, and Renegades is just a cover album anyway. And go, going back to what we first said, like, In Flames is going to be on that show. Um, do you feel like In Flames is coming back? Because uh, me as a metal fan, personally, uh, I love In Flames. Uh, their older stuff, fucking phenomenal. Uh, the newer stuff doesn't hit exact the same way, but that's that's a metal band that I could always get behind. Or even, even My Chemical Romance is going to tour, and they've been broken up for seven years. Longer than that, I think. Thought like well, I guess yeah, probably like two. Yeah, probably. It's almost been a decade. Yeah, but I mean, they're not even coming around here though. So so still crazy to think about that too. It's like I just remember My Chemical Romance hasn't been around for. I remember just coming home and watching Fuse, and they always played Helena. And that was on all the time. They were always trying to like feature My Chemical Romance, but then they started playing the uh, the Ghost of You, which that was like their next big music video where he. They fucking cut their hair and everything for it. Yeah. I was, uh... I was always a huge Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge fan. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't... I don't. People were like, oh, My Chemical Romance is coming back. I'm joining the Black Prayer. I'm like, way to join the worst fucking album they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um... I feel what you mean. Like, when they did the, uh... The Ghost of You show. Or not show. The, the video. It seemed very... Like eighties kind of like everybody had leather jackets. No, that, that was like, the one where he was in World War Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, okay, so yeah, are you're right, you're right. That was not eighties, but it just seemed very classic. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. what I expected from them to come out, but then they kind of kept the same look when it came to the following album. Yeah, and I was like, all right, well, this is what I expected. But then Gerard dyed his hair. Bleach blonde, I guess he bleached it. Bleach blonde, and uh, they just kind of kept that look. 
Yeah, they, they never really went back to the fucking, you know, I have bags under my eyes and my skin's pale as fuck look. Yeah. Hey, what's up? I'm in love with razor blades. And this is uh, My Chemical Romance. They have yet to announce the bands for Mayhem Festival. The rumor originally was it was going to be Lamb of God and Megadeth, but that's just going to be their own standalone tour. But I am probably going to go to Mayhem Festival regardless because I, I loved going to those festivals and I haven't been to one in five years now. So True. And uh, for the who don't know, uh, Mayhem Festival was ended. And they said, uh, what, five years ago that was it, the last one? And now they finally announced this year, hey, we're bringing it back. Well, that's because ticket sales for that one were so bad. But, I mean, whenever the biggest band, whenever literally your lineup is, uh, you have King Diamond and Slayer are your headliners. But then, but a lot of people don't even like King Diamond. There's not a lot of King Diamond people out there. I'm a King Diamond person, but not a lot of those. But then your supporting bands are um, Feeder to the Sharks, uh, Jungle Rot, and... Whitechapel and The Artist Murder are like the two biggest ones, but a lot of people don't like Whitechapel, and some people don't like The Artist Murder, so... Oh, my God. What? How do you not like them, though? I don't know. Some people don't. But, and then, whenever I went, you 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 only have one side stage. Like, the, the appeal of these festivals is, when one band stops playing on one stage, you can go right over to the next stage. And that was the appeal, but whenever you only have one stage with these side bands, you just have, like... Okay, Feeder of the Sharks is up, and uh, all right, they just played, and uh, Jungle Run will be out in about 45 minutes. Yeah, so what do you do in downtime? Yeah, so that's that's what I mean. Like, it, it wasn't it, that big of a... And even whenever I was in, there, they had the lawn closed. Really? Yeah, it was all roped off, because they just had, like, a big concert there, and it had rained for, like, four days, so it was nothing but mud, so they just had it roped off. I was like, okay, so, like, whatever... And we ended up leaving before. We ended up leaving whenever um, Hell Yeah was playing. Hell oh. Yeah was the other, like, so, like, yeah, it's it's Slayer, King Diamond, and Hell Yeah. Eh, that's like a take or leave it kind of thing. It's not like, the, you know, the one year where they had uh, Corn and Avenged Sevenfold. Like, that was, like, big deal, you know. <clears throat> and that was the one where we, well, no, it was. The 2013 edition where we invented the the official drink of Mayhem Festival. Jim Beam's Red Stag with a can of Rockstar. <laughs> that's that's too cool. We, used to, we, we would we Ex- buy explain, like... The, explain how this happened. Uh, I bought a bunch... Well, I really liked Red... Like, I love Red Stag. It's like my one of my favorite liquors. And then I also ended up buying a 12-pack a of Rockstar Energy drink for it. Mayhem Festival, because it's Rockstar Energy Mayhem Festival. And I was like, all right, we go down there. And then um, my friend uh, Jake Zager is like, mixing them. And I have one. I'm like, oh, my God, that's delicious. That's so fucking good. So then every year we went, we would just buy Red Stag and Rockstar and mix them together. Hopefully I have a battle jacket this year for... I hope so, too. Are you going to get a battle jacket? I. If I do, I'm cutting the sleeves off of it. Well, yeah, no, I, I mean, mean, super legit. What I picture is, whenever I picture battle jacket in my head, I just picture a denim vest, basically. But, yeah. like, a denim jacket, but it has, like, the sleeves ripped off, not, like, an actual denim vest. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Can't have, like, legit sleeves on it. Like, they were sewn on. Like, no, nah, you got to rip these motherfuckers off. The, the one thing that scares me, though, is, um, 
about Mayhem Festival was like a lot of these bands are already booking these huge tours, so like you can't have them. I mean, you might be able to get a band like Killswitch or I mean, eventually Unfold isn't doing anything this year, but I think Corn just announced they were doing a tour, didn't they? I think so. Uh, you have Deftones are going on tour with Gojira and Poppy, which uh, I'm super stoked about. I'm gonna go to it. I would say we should probably talk about that one too. That was another big one that was announced that I was like jaw dropped. I was like, what? Because um, you haven't been able to see Gojira do an actual show show since uh, well, hell, since the second to last year that uh, Rock on the Range was a thing, and now you have. Sonic Youth or Sonic Temple rather that's coming around but they're still not on there so if you look them up um, the year prior to them actually showing up uh, all they did was just like kind of like a Canadian tour which I mean they're a French band so I get it but that's they hit a couple big cities in the US uh, like New York um, I think the other one was maybe in Michigan but then they just kind of stuck up north you know what I mean and they, they never came back to do like an actual U.S. tour, and they shot off over to U- uh, England, and I was like, man, you know, I like, I think it'd be sweet to see them come by because I got to see them play when they did uh, Rock on the Range, but it was a twenty-minute set. You know what I mean? And right. You you get so much out of that. Like I feel like there's gonna be so much more energy at this show coming up this summer, and uh, I'm really stoked to see what actually happens. See. You know, Gojira just rocked my fucking face off, like 100% honest. Whenever, at first, whenever I heard it was going to be Deftones and Gojira, I'm like, that's kind of weird. But then, like, the one thing about Deftones, you always forget how heavy they are just because of the way Chino sings. So you're like... You're that like, Chino. You're always like, oh, okay, it's De- Deftones. Or, and then you actually, like, listen to the guitar, you're like, wow, that's heavy as fuck. Yeah. And, like, Gojira is the same way. It's just really heavy. I think the... um, uh, What's his face? The guitars for Deftones. I, w- I wouldn't be able to tell you. Oh, it's escaping right now. But his his custom, his he hasn't played a six string guitar in like ten years, and I think he plays an eight string. Ooh, just because he wants it to be that heavy. Well, that's weird. Yeah, because yeah, that's deep. He, that's he has he, deep. well, he has a custom his custom guitar. There's a, a seven string and an eight string, and I was like. I don't know if you really need that eight string there, buddy. That's kind of heavy, but he fucking rips it. <laughs> yeah, so. dipping a little down low there, bud. <clears throat> and that's the, the other thing, too, is uh, the one thing about Deftones that I, I don't think a lot of people notice, and it took me a while to notice it, is they don't have guitar solos in any of their songs. Yeah. Except for that one they did with Jerry Cantrell, but Jerry Cantrell just played the solo. He, just play, he played the lead guitar, but he was just basically there for the solo because Jerry Cantrell was... Amazing. Okay. Allison Chains is probably one of the best bands I've ever seen live, actually. They were phenomenal. Even even with William Duvall instead of Lane Staley. I was going to ask. I mean, obviously, Staley was gone. Obviously, right? Lane Staley had died, you know, whenever I was like 10 years old. But see, even seeing with William Duvall, they were so good. That's nuts, man. Oh, yeah. They, it was so, they were so good live. They didn't, they didn't even play with any other bands. It was them. Although no the opener, nothing. The a stand-up comedian opened. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. And he he actually said that he was on. Uh, he used to do like Howard Stern or whatever, and he he was telling the story about how he uh, how Gene Simmons was on there, 
and Gene Simmons was like all serious, and then he came in pretending to be Gene Simmons, dressed up in like full Kiss makeup, trying to sell Gene Simmons a bunch of Kiss merchandise. <laughs> and he said Gene Simmons is pissed. So I actually looked up the video online, and it's hilarious. Oh fuck! Oh dude, see, I love that kind of shit. Yeah, he. Yeah, imagine being Gene Simmons. You're sitting on like this radio show, and then this guy comes in dressed up like you, like in full Kiss gear, and it's like, you want to buy this Kiss lunchbox? Have you seen the video where the guy who invented bum fights gets invited on the Dr. Phil? No. Oh, oh my God. Dr. Phil invited the dude who made the Bum Fights DVD series onto his TV show to talk to him about, you know, why are you doing something like this? Why are you exploiting what these people are going through? You're not exploiting it. You're like, hey, do you want 20 bucks? Fight each other. Yeah. How's that? Like, whenever people are like, oh my God, stripping exploits women, I'm like, it's their choice. Yeah. I mean, if you want to be a stripper, go They're be a doing it. Nobody's forcing them. Yeah. You know what I mean, I he like said, how, hey, will you fight for 20 bucks? Like, yeah, dude. I like how on uh, 422, there's a, a billboard that's like, pornography exploits women and children. And then you could drive 100 feet down the road, and there's like a porn shop <laughs> right there. And I was like, who who's going to be driving? But see, I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't go to that porn shop. Yeah. Like, if you're going to go to a porn shop, you're going to go to a porn shop. And that one's like a dirty one, too. I've been in Pulaski? Yeah. On 422? Yeah. Tom used to work there. Really? Oh, horrible place. I was going to say, I don't think it's very, because whenever like it's open, it's packed. And I'm like, I think they're fucking in there. Yeah, I think the the worst part about that is they actually have like the viewing booths in the back. Oh, no. So you spend like a quarter to watch a porno. Did mm. you know they still have a porn theater in Youngstown? No. Yeah. What are you doing tomorrow? Not going to the porn theater. <laughs> Damn it! Apparently, like there's a place, the women sit here, the men sit here, and then couples sit here. Oh, jeez. And you just beat it and bang. I heard, I've heard. i heard stories. Apparently, we're not going to go there. It's not yeah, that sounds that sounds in depth. Well, uh, there was just a lady that just was on the couch outside the theater and just have your way. Oh, jeez. And then next guy up. Mm. Yeah. Well, go, <laughs> going back to the guy with the bum fights thing. Um, so going back to music, the actual topic. Of this <laughs> well, it's uh, not even not even going back to the topic. Going back to the bum fights thing. Uh, the Doctor Phil invited him onto the TV That's show. That's how Kimbo Slice became a thing. And uh, when he showed up, he actually shaved his fucking head so his whole top was bald, and he shaved it so like uh, <laughs> all of these were in the back. He's wearing a fucking three-piece suit yes. and everything. He walks onto the TV show. Dr. Phil looks at him, and he looks at him, and there's like this moment where they pause and they stare at each other. There's even screenshots of it on the internet because like he got he got kicked out immediately afterwards. And he goes, okay, so anyways, we have the inventor of bum fights coming on today. The guy walks out. Dr. Phil looks at him. He goes, get off of my TV show. And he kicked him out of the fucking studio. And the guy was like, seriously? He's like, get out of here. Everybody just starts clapping for Dr. Phil and shit. But, like, <laughs> that dude is a legend, man. A fucking <laughs> legend. Like, just he just straight was like, okay, see you later. And, like, how'd they even air the episode? Uh, I have no idea. I'm hoping they had another guest. But I've only actually watched that portion of the episode. Oh so I don't know God, if there was anything afterwards well, or I not. Mean, I don't know why you'd watch Dr. Phil anyway. Yeah, true. But you know, you, you know. got to start being on Oprah. Yes, yes, that's actually how the Dr. Like, Phil show started. Same with Dr. Oz. Yep. And Dr. Oz is a fucking quack. Yeah, he's not a good. Uh, Oprah spreads joy to the world. 
People love Oprah. I, I actually just seen an episode the other day. She's like 60 years old now. It, it, it wasn't even an episode, but it, it's just, you know, a meme where she gives away free stuff. And um, she opens this box and she goes, bees. everybody gets bees. <laughs> oh, my God. I was crying. The ladies are sitting in the crowd, like tears rolling down their eyes. There's just bees all over their face. I was like, I, I always wondered, I though, like, I, I just remember they did like the Oprah like Christmas. They were like, OK, check under your seat. You get this. I'm like, if I got there, I'd be like, what's under my seat? Yeah. Like, you know, you're going to be on that episode. So, yeah, he's just immediately checking. Yeah. Like, all right. Try to act. Not surprised. Or maybe, yeah. Maybe when we get through, they're like, don't fucking look under your seat until she says so. <laughs> I'll break your fucking fingers. I'll break your fucking legs. My fingers hurt. Yeah? Well, now your back's going to hurt because you just pulled lawn duty. The other the other big tour this summer is, uh, the, I was saying about corn, corn and Faith No More. Ooh, Faith No More. I couldn't I couldn't think of it. I was in a conversation the other day. We are talking about big shows coming this summer. And I was like, there's another band that just announced I'm, a big I tour. might go there just to go see Faith No More. I've seen Korn live, and they're really good. They weren't bad. Um, I got to see them play uh, Mayhem. Yeah, I saw yeah. I saw them too. That was the one where uh, it started. They had a lightning scare. Yeah. And then we went, went back out and started tailgating again, and I got way too drunk. Like, I couldn't stand, like, I was so drunk, I couldn't stand up straight. And I'm, like, watching this whole show, just, like. It's great. Going, kind of just looks like you're really into the music. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But I, I promised myself I would never drink that much at a show ever again, because. Yeah, you miss a lot. Yeah, yeah. And then the next day, I had to go work in Maryland. So, how like, was, I woke how up. Was Maryland? I slept for three hours on the way down there, and then I had to drive the last three hours. Ooh. And I was like, ah. And then we worked from, so we worked from like noon until like midnight. I just wanted horrible to day. die. Yeah, I was going to say horrible day. <laughs> yeah, like I've never, we whenever we uh, whenever we left the job site, we uh, went to Sheets and I, I've never spent so much on like food and drink in my life. Because like they were, they were originally like, well, you guys can. We it was like seven o'clock at night. They were like, "Well, you can stop and we can finish up tomorrow." We're like, and me and the other guys working with, we were like, "No, nah, we're just gonna fucking finish tonight." Yeah, I was like, "I want to go home tomorrow. I don't want to fucking come back here and then go home. I just want to go home." Which we did the same thing. We went we went to New York and we did a fireworks show, and whenever we finished at midnight, um, well they were originally they were like, "So you gonna come back tomorrow, Clip?" We're like, "No, nah, we're gonna do it tonight." We're like, "Oh, you gonna go back to the hotel?" We're like. Nah, we're just going to drive. Yeah, peace. And we drove until 5 in the morning. And we were two hours away from home, but we were, we were both falling asleep. So we're like, let's get a hotel. We got a hotel. We woke up at 9, and then we were home by like 11. Oh, man. Yeah. I was just slept in the truck at that point, to be honest. it's a, It was a 15-foot moving truck. I just slept in the truck? Uh, nah. Nah, nah. Company credit card. We're getting a hotel. True. We're getting True. a nice hotel room. Yeah. Uh, yeah, company credit card. That's a big different deal. Yeah, it, yeah. So, um, God, that was so long ago. But Corn was really good live. I remember that was right around the time of Corn Step when they did all the stuff with Skrillex. Yeah. And then they came, they came out and they fucking started playing their like their real old stuff, and everyone was into it. And then they started playing Corn Step, and the crowd kind of got quiet, and people started like, eh, "I'm gonna go run to the bathroom. I'm gonna go do get a beer and stuff." 
And then they started playing their old. They played like blind or something. And afterwards, that the whole place exploded. It's like, oh yeah, so you like the old stuff? Everyone's like, yeah. Yeah. And they started just playing their old stuff again. Um, at Mayhem Fest, I mean, you saw it, but when Jonathan Davis walked out on the stage with that fucking set of bagpipes, I was like, oh my god, holy shit! Oh my god, like, that that was it, dude. That took me back to watching Woodstock 2000 on yeah, Fox. Yeah, dude, that was great, man. <laughs> I I was all about it. Woodstock 2000 was shitty, but yes, but it was still cool. That it they was tried to keep it was the great. Idea alive. Well, it was great watching it on TV, but like to actually be there, no. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that because there was like water shortages and like. All kinds mud of violence, yeah, mud fest, and there were uh, charges of rape and all kinds of stuff, like just really negative things. But like watching it, watching like Limp Biscuit and like Corn on TV back then, you were like, yes, yeah. So going off of that though, um, another big show that's been released this year. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry though. I just want to say though, I I would be super pumped to see Faith No More. I didn't get into Faith No More until probably like five or six years ago. Yeah, but then like. It was whenever they came back for the when it's whenever they released Soul Invictus because they hadn't come out with an album in like fifteen years and then they were like okay we're back together now and I was like yes but and, and they're they're criminally underrated Faith No More is so good yeah uh, Bunny's a big fan of them Bunny loves Faith No More that's huge, like his favorite huge band Faith that's no like more. his favorite band yeah but, I mean they they're they were so good yeah I I feel what you're saying like I feel like they are definitely underrated because there's a lot of bands who speak about them and they were yeah and they, they tell them like oh you know like one of my biggest influences is the guitarist from Faith No More and you're like what yeah that's even like uh, Monkey from Corn he was saying that like uh, the song Be Aggressive uh, really inspired him to play bass yeah because of how the the bass slaps and he was like what is this and the way it kicks and he was like well, I I want to be able to do I want to do that I, I you know yeah but I mean he. The way Corn tunes their guitars too, it's like those strings are barely on. <laughs> Everyone in Corn is not a good musician except for Monkey. He's like a really good bassist. Yeah, but that and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with not being a good musician because you can make a band and you can sound great and you don't have to be like technically skilled. But at the same time, I'm just saying like Corn isn't. Those guys could barely play their instrument when they came out with their first album. Yeah. And look at them now. They're one of the biggest metal bands in the world. Hell yeah, dude. And uh, super influential. Like, yeah. How many bands have started because of Korn? Especially just that sound they had. Like you said, they're not exactly they were, they technical. Were, they but were so like, important to the, like new metal at the time. Yeah. Too. It was like them and Limp Bizkit and Kid Rock. I don't know many people nowadays who do not know who Jonathan Davis is. Right, right. Like, Jonathan Davis is uh, a huge name. You know what I mean? Like, do you think, I mean, Jonathan Davis, I don't think, is a good vocalist, but he's good for what they are doing. Yeah, like, his sound is perfect for what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, hey, if you're out there, learn to play an instrument, but don't think you have to be able to fucking shred solos or anything. If you can make something that's catchy and sounds, you know, down home, man. Do it up. I'm not asking you to be Jerry Cantrell. I'm not saying. I'm not saying don't practice or don't try and get better. But like, if you can write something that's good and catchy, you should fucking do it. Yeah. And at the same time, too, you have other bands. Who... I can't. I can't write. I can't write music, and I really can't play on my own. I just kind of cover Ridge against the machine, and that's about it. <laughs> I would say, like, at the same time, you have bands who write music that is super simple, but like. Those guys are super talented and are able to shred the fuck out of oh, I mean, well, even anything. You could be inventive, too. Look at look at Tom Morello. Yeah. Tom Morello is a classically trained guitarist. But then if you see him, he's like, 
Hey, I wrote the solo for uh, Bulls on Parade. I take this pencil and I fucking scrape it across my strings. That is, I don't know if you knew that. That's how he did the solo. I didn't. Yeah, he used a pencil. Oh. And he just scraped it across the strings. Well, well more power and, to him, and you And then know? You, you even watch, uh, have you ever watched like videos of Tom Morello playing live or anything like that? Yeah. He's like playing a solo. He's like, let me just turn this. Yeah, he, he tunes mid-solo. Yeah, and I'm like, what are, what are you doing? He's like shredding it, but he's like, hey, I'm just going to tune my guitar now. And he's just like giving it a quarter turn. I don't even think he's like tuning it. He's just, you he's, know, well, he's really fucking a, with the he's sound. Giving, yeah, that's all he's doing. He's like being inventive with the sound. And that's, that's something that I would encourage more musicians to do. Be yeah. inventive. Yeah, break out of the box. Like yeah. you don't have to have this regular 4-4 four, four rhythm. You don't have to have this regular like, hey, we're in like an E standard tuning. Uh, I mean, look at the band Nirvana. You know what I mean? Yeah, Nirvana, yeah. like they 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 played everything half step down. Um, not only because Kurt couldn't sing well, but because it just sounded different. You know what I mean? Because then you pick up a regular guitar and you're like, oh, well, I can play Smells Like Teen Spirit, and you're just kind of thinking to yourself like, this doesn't sound exactly right. And you look up the actual tuning for it, and it's a half step down. So you tune it down; it's a little bit lower, a little bit more grungy sounding, if you will. Yeah. Uh, almost that heaviness to it, and. Uh, you're like okay, okay. Uh, that's yeah. It, it's almost sloppy. You know what I mean? Right. But um, I don't know. Uh, like y- you got bands like like I was just saying like Kurt Cobain for instance. He could play the guitar really well, but like on his he recorded d- he, tracks, he did not. Yeah, and he you know even I mean? said he's like, I don't, I don't need to play it well. Yeah, I just I just played it because this sounded good. Some people give great. some people like are like Kurt Cobain was one of the greatest guitarists ever. I'm like, no, but he was he was really good, but he just never played good because he didn't have to yeah if you watch like um you know the uh nirvana dvds and stuff or even like some of the live I, shows i they probably played. have seen well i i stopped buying nirvana merchandise after two th- after the box that came out because i was like i'm not paying 15 dollars for a cd when you're like yeah here's one unreleased home demo from 1993 yeah sorry I'm but like, I'm, I'm not I've giving already... any fucking more money to courtney love yeah fuck her fuck her dude you know but it, when you watch those DVDs, you see him oh, actually I, I do like, like play Paul. the guitar. You know what I mean? And you're like, yeah, dude, like why didn't you do that live? I think but we, said, then, we said it before though. Like one of the one of the saddest things I've ever seen, like in one of their documentaries, is whenever they were playing Seasons in the Sun. Yeah, and they all swap instruments. And they, yeah, like Dave Grohl was playing guitar, and Chris no no Chris Novoselic was playing guitar. Dave Grohl was playing bass. Kurt Cobain was drumming. Yeah. and singing. And yeah, that's a tearjerker, man. Yeah, especially well, the lyrics, and he just—you're like, wow. He ended he, the DVD with that. Yeah, and I'm like, he's gonna kill himself in like <laughs> a few months. Like it's—that's fucked, man. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, but um, going back on to tours that are coming uh, this summer, uh, one big one that was released, and this is a name that hasn't been on a show lineup like forever. But uh, Limp Biscuit is headlining. A show in Ohio. Oh, the Tattoos Festival or whatever. Yes, it is being played at the uh, uh, the re- the prison that um, uh, the Shawshank Redemption was wow. filmed at. Um, I forget the actual tour name. Uh, we could go ahead and look that up. Trey me. Oh, he's not here. Oh, oh shit. All right, guys. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Trey's not here. So um. But you guys can look that up. Um, it it is a big fest. I think there's at least twenty bands playing there. See, I don't like the one. And it's one day. I don't like like the one or two day festivals. I'm like, all right, I have to drive all the way out there. I'm gonna spend like I would rather it be a touring festival. Although, like I said, touring festivals are hard to do. I mean, the, we were just talking about the last year Mayhem Festival. The reason 
that it was so bad and the tickets are so bad is because all the big names signed up to do these European tours like Download Festival and Reading Festival and stuff like that. Like I've I will I've always wanted to go to Download Festival. That's one of my goals in life is to go there, but it's so expensive. Not to mention, I mean, like travel costs. That's too. what I mean. Like you, you're gonna have to buy your ticket to the festival, then you have to fly out to the United Kingdom and stay there for three days, and then come home. And if you don't have a passport, you have to spend money on that. I don't have a passport, so I'm I do not either. Money. So, you know, that's not something I'm prepared to do to go to a, a show. You know? Yeah, I mean? but it'd ever, be cool as fuck. Every year, the 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 lineup is so stacked every single year. Or like Rock Am Ring, where they're like, all right. um... Yeah, there's going to be 20,000 people here, and uh, the show starts at 9 a.m., and we're just going to fucking rock your face off all fucking day. Like, Oh, and Atlantis Morissette's going on tour this year as well. Completely away from the metal we were just talking about. Atlantis Morissette's going on tour. I thought about seeing her just because I kind of want I, – I love Jagged Little Pill. True. True. I don't know many people that don't. It's it's like a guilty pleasure of mine. Yeah, you're right though. Uh, just uh, looking this up now, um, and this is a two day festival, but it's called the uh, Ink Carceration. That's it. Festival of 2020. Uh, it says it's a three day show, so that's pretty sweet. Uh, but the two main headliners are Limp Bizkit and Weezer, so that's kind that's of a weird, weird lineup. You know but what I mean? It's, um, it's- a few years ago, Deftones and Incubus went on tour, and it's weird when you think of it's weird when you first say it, but then when you think about it, you're like, it kind of makes sense because those bands appeal to the same kind of people. Let me see if I can't bring the like. Imagine if uh, it's not like, hey, Alanis Morissette and Slayer are gonna tour together. You'd be like, what? Trying to bring up the uh, the list of the actual. Limpus gets a band. Limpus gets a band too that they were like the biggest band in the world. And then everyone shit on him for 10 years, and now everyone's starting to come back and be like, Limp Bizkit wasn't that bad. Yeah, dude, Limp Bizkit was great. It's like, um, I think it's kind of like Creed 2, where Creed was huge, and then everyone just shit on Creed, but Creed never came back. Okay, here we go. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. All right, here's the lineup for uh, all three days. We have Limp Bizkit, Weezer, Blink-182, Papa Roach, Hailstorm, Mastodon. I fucking hate Hellstorm. Under Oath, Hollywood Undead, Steel Panther. Hollywood Undead is still a thing. Falling in Reverse, Candle You mean Standing? No. What's the reverse of Falling? Um, instead of Standing. Oh, I get yeah. it. I fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, it's like falling backwards. Oh, okay. Well, what if you were sitting and fell down? You don't. Well, then you be sitting yeah but you still be falling in reverse yeah so if you were sitting you're either sitting or you're standing if you were in a sitting position opposite of falling if you're sitting in a position and you fell over falling drunk people fall over when they're sitting whatever dude whatever have you ever fallen going on bad flower atreyu static x puddle of mud wait how static x do a thing uh i don't how is fucking um Allison Chain still thing. Well, William Duv- William Duvall was probably the best replacement for a lead singer because him and Jerry Cantrell still have that same like harmonized tone together. Late, new politics. Re- oh, I love All new that politics. remains. We came as Romans. Devil wears Prada. Amur. Attila. Stick to your guns. New Year's Day. Escape the fate. Cold. Carnifex. The Aqua Dolls. 
uh, band made. I don't know them. Uh, Stitched up heart September morning and uh, damnation. And there's a few others. I didn't on know there. cold was still a band either. I didn't. But is it just me or is it as you go further down the list, the heavier it gets? Well, yeah, but no, because you were like, yeah, uh, Amur, I'm like, wow, that's heavy. And they're like, We Came as Romans, All That Remains, uh, Devil Wears Prada, Amur. New Politics is in there, and I'm like, they're not heavy at all. No. Well, that was right before All That Remains, but I mean. How is All That Remains that far down on the. At one time, All That Remains. I feel like they would be above Steel Panther for sure. I mean. Steel Panther is so good, uh, though. uh, Above Hailstorm. I feel like. All that remains, Mastodon and Papa Roach would be the the great secondaries. You know what I mean? Have you? I mean, have you ever listened to Steel Panther? Yeah, they're so fucking. My dick good. is public property, dude. If you didn't know that, now you do. What's your favorite Steel Panther song? Probably public property. Community property. <laughs> Community property. Excuse me. Oh, have you ever heard? Um, have you ever heard Gang Bang at the Old Folks Home? No. Oh, it's really good. Uh, There's a video of uh, Satchel. He's he's like, all right, here's how I play this song. He's like, this part you down pick. He was like, like James Hetfield, never pick up. James Hetfield will not pick up. There could be a fire. Doesn't matter. Keep on down picking. <laughs> He's like going on about a play. He's just like, it's so funny. Oh, my God. Because James Hetfield, I mean, have you ever seen James Hetfield pick up one uh, time? No. I don't think he does. I don't think, I don't know who taught him how to play guitar, but he only down picks. I'd imagine like a punk punk rock guy. He's like the best down picker ever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We were, but now, God, we always like, ramble on um when we were talking about uh like nirvana and stuff i just wanted to say that like they were bleach was really raw but nevermind was so much cleaner oh so refined and then like in utero had like a it was more raw it was still really clean but it was more raw but i feel like it was more raw because they were picking kind of a new direction to go in yeah and and dave Grohl's uh his he was playing more on the toms too. Yeah, he only had he only had the floor tom and the mountain one for in utero, but yeah, they were trying to go in a new direction. And even when you hear um, what was the last song they recorded? You know you're right. Yeah, that's so much different than anything they did on. Yeah. Never mind. <clears throat> and it's weird because they were like really inspired by like Husker Du. And when you listen to like Husker Du, they're like really raw. They're like the, the Husker Du kind of invented alternative rock. So if you guys don't even know who Husker Du is, go. They kind of went from uh, go listen to Zen Arcade. It's one of their albums they released. But they um, they kind of went from being like a hardcore punk band to just kind of inventing alternative rock as a whole. They were named after a Swedish board game. That's why the name's Husker Du. The the lead guitarist just saw this board game from like Sweden. He was like, I'm gonna name my band that. Fuck yeah! Imagine like there's a band over in Sweden right now called Connect Four. <laughs> hey uh what's going on guys we're monopoly yeah and uh this is boardwalk all right <laughs> are you guys ready to fucking rock yeah are you guys ready to fucking rock this next we song's are clue <laughs> <laughs> this next song's called hot potato and i want to see a fucking pit yeah you know let's get real open the fucking oh i want to fucking see a meat blender open the pit up we are mr potato head <laughs> But they're saying it in Swedish, and people are like, that's yeah. fucking hardcore. Oh, dude, man. I fucking I wonder what Husker song. Du even means. I don't know. Dave Grohl said he was very influenced. Do you think Dave Grohl's a better guitarist or a better drummer? 
I, I think uh, drummer. Me too. Sure. I think he's a phenomenal drummer. The energy he has drumming uh, is always blowing me the fuck go, away. Go listen to um, Sentinel's Apprentice from the Muddy Banks of the Scar, the live one. Yeah. Fucking retarded. How, or I'm sorry. It's fucking dumb how fast he plays. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have a double pedal, but you would think he would because he's kicking the drum so fast. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, when we fucked around, I've tried to do it, and I'm like, I'm going to have to use this double pedal. It's just... No, he doesn't do it, but he plays it like twice as fast as what I'm doing on the album. I'm like, how are you playing it that quick? Yeah. Chill out, dude. Yeah. that's uh, Dave, calm down. Kurt Cobain just came out in a wheelchair because he liked fucking with the crowd a lot. Yeah. Now he's going to actually have to stand up, man. You're a dick. So how do you feel, I mean, about the lineup so far? Like, I feel, personally speaking, like I'm going to spend a bit of money this summer. Me too, and I haven't been to a show since I went to 2016's X's Kick-Ass Christmas. Um, that was headline. I went there to see Third Eye Blind because I love Third Eye Blind, but they played. It was actually the keyboard the, the keyboard player. It was his birthday whenever they played too, so they brought a cake out on stage and stuff, which they originally never had a keyboard player, and the dude's like 25 years old or something. But uh, the Strokes played... They open up for Third Eye Blind, and I I don't like the Strokes. I don't think they have good music. One of the best bands to see live. Really? They have such a stage presence. They are so good. And even their lead singer, so talented. Because I'm like, I don't really like their music. But then, like, watching them live, I'm like, wow, these guys have such a good stage presence. I'm not certain if I've said this on the show before, but one of our listeners and a uh, personal friend of mine, his name is Brian Hoffman. He loves the Strokes. He used to be in a band. Um, he played bass, and uh, th- they were actually on a label and signed and everything. You know what I mean? The Spectre type. And uh, they opened up for the Strokes, and their stage thing was anybody they were opening up for, they would mention. Oh yeah, that I, they I've, are that. Yeah, band. you have. Okay. And he goes, "Hey guys, what's going on? We're the Strokes, and this is Juice Box." And then they played their set. He said after he walks off stage, he said the drummer of the Strokes punched him in the back of the head. He's like, "Don't you ever fucking say you're us, man." I was like, yo, dude. Fucking, <laughs> fucking British people. Yeah, I'd have been pissed. I'd have never listened to The Strokes again. Yeah, they're so good live. I, don't, has, I don't really care for their music. But Brian has so a live. ton of fucking awesome uh, stories. Like, he said he actually seen uh, Fuel play live. And um, what is it? Lightning Crashes? No, that's a live That's song. live. Yeah, that's it's, live. It's, you're right. You're Shimmer. Right. Yes. Um, so he's seen them play live. He said they're at a big-ass stadium. Said everybody just starts fucking crowd surfing, like going nuts because they fucking love the song. The lead singer stops the song and starts yelling at the crowd. He goes, Hey, hey, this is a very serious song. You guys need to calm down. Now we're going to restart. I don't want to see anybody crowd surfing. And then he said, like, they started the song over. Brian said he lost all respect, never went to go see him again. That's the thing, too, is there, you'll hear stories about bands where people are like, dude, that band's so cool live, I've only heard good things. And then you hear, like, one story, you're like, what? And But then, yeah, because I had a friend of mine who, um, he went and saw Disturbed, and he, uh, he had, like, backstage passes, him and his girlfriend, they went, and, like, they, they went to go, like, meet David Draymond, and he was like, and they were like, hey, like, you know, it's nice to meet you. He's like, who are you? And they're like, well, we have backstage passes, we just wanted to come meet you. He's like, I don't fucking care. Like, total dick to him. And they Ooh. were like, and he was like, he's like, we left. He's like, I will never pay any money for any disturbed thing ever again. 
Yeah, that's fucked. Yeah. Dave and I just got to meet uh, Aaron Gillespie from um, Under Oath and The Almost. And, uh, you know, he stuck around after the show, just hand out fucking autographs and stuff. And Dave's brother went to go see them in Georgia, and he wore a Mighty Ducks jersey. Okay. Dave did the same thing, didn't he? And, yes, Dave also wore a Mighty Ducks jersey, the same one that Sean was wearing, you know, just his own. Mm Mm-hmm. And who the fuck else wears a Mighty Ducks jersey to a show? You know what I mean? Right. And uh, Sean had said that Aaron was like, wow, dude. He goes, that's a sick-ass fucking jersey. He's like, thanks, dude. So Dave's like, oh, dude, I'm going to wear the same one. See if you remember it. You know what I mean? So we're sitting there, and we're waiting in line. We're waiting in line. We're waiting in line. Finally, it's our chance to go up. And he goes, hey, man, what's going on? And he goes, hey, come on. Just holds his arm out. Like, take the picture. And, like, Dave was, like, nervous, so I, like, Kind of talked for him. I was like, hey. I was like, his brother just seen you guys play two weeks ago, man. He was wearing the same jersey. He's like, oh, that's sweet. We taking this photo? And, like, like I get it. He wanted to get out of there. Yeah. But, like, that's something kind of personal. You could be like, oh, yeah, dude. Sick. Like, it just makes somebody feel so fucking good. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, like, meeting Cameron Lash from Born of Osiris, he was fucking awesome. Yeah? Yeah. The drummer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember you telling me about I told, that. Yeah, we just, we went to a McDonald's. We're like, we and were. Hoover, Hoover we were was like, the drummer? We were like fighting about like going to, because we were like, are we going to eat now? Or are we going to eat when we, get, when we get there? No, we're just going to eat now. The show's over. We're like, we're going to, we're going to go eat now. And we eat. And then we're like, and he's like, holy shit, that's Cameron Lausch. Like he walked in and was like ordering. He's like, uh, hey, are you Cameron Lausch? He's like. Yeah, what's up, man? He's like, what are you doing? He's like, yeah, I just ordered some food. And we were like, do you want to come eat with us? He's like, yeah, all right, dude. He came over and I was like, hey, do you want a chicken nugget? He was like, hell yeah. I'm double dipping. <laughs> <And like, laughs> At least he was honest about yeah, it. Yeah, like, you know I mean? like he like dipped it. He, he dipped the nugget. He took a bite. He's like, yeah, I'm going to double dip. And di-. I was like, uh, okay, like, cool. Like, you know, he was sweet. Yeah. If I ever saw them again, I would I would be like, I'd be like, I ate McDonald's with you. And maybe yeah. he'd remember, maybe he wouldn't. I feel like, I mean, you got to give them respect because they, they've got to meet a lot of people, especially when they're out on the road. You know what I mean? Right. But like, um, but like we were literally the only people in the McDonald's. Yeah. And then, they, and we weren't, we weren't like, oh my God, let's get a picture. Oh my God. We were just like, do you want to come eat with us? He was like, yeah, sure, dude. Yeah. You can't, like, that's cool. You can't, like, I don't know. I've been starstruck one time in my life, but you can't flip the fuck out. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. I have a group of friends. Um, I don't know if you know Steve Leisure. Yeah, I know who um, Steve Leisure is. He was at Sonic Temple like the first year. Uh, or no, no, not Sonic Temple. The year before that, it was uh, uh, live in Kentucky or whatever the fuck it was. I don't know. Um, Louisiana. I, I, whatever. Okay, all these states are far apart. So True. Like, you have True. To You're right. You're right. Get me I can't in remember. I can't remember the name of the tour, but it was a big festival. It was right after Rock on the Range, oh, and uh, they went down to go see it. And um, the lead singer of Corn, Jonathan Davis, was there eating breakfast with his family at the hotel. Mm-hmm. And our mutual friend was starstruck. She's like, "Holy fuck, that's Jonathan Davis!" You know what I mean? Like, wanted to go over. And, like, introduce herself while he's eating. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's a different story when you see a star and they're there willing. You know what I mean? But if they're there eating with family and stuff, having their own time, give them their fucking peace. You know yeah, what I mean? no, no. Because uh, that's – it's intrusive. You know what I mean? Like, um, you don't want to be a dickhead. Like, yeah, I want to be a fan, but I don't want to 
interrupt you. I don't know how I'd, how I'd react because I've never been like starstruck like that. But like it'd probably be a thing like if they were walking by, I'm like, hey, I, I really appreciate your music. Thank you. Yeah. And they're probably okay. Just you know. the one one time in my life, I was starstruck. Um, and maybe I'm just a fanboy, but uh, Lost Dog Street Band. Um, Los Lonely Boys. Los Lonely Boys. No. Uh, boys like not. girls. Uh, no, Lost Dog Street Band. Um, <laughs> it's a guy. Uh, his name's Benjamin Todd, and his wife play together in a band. And my wife and I went to go see them. We stopped down at the Urban Tap on Carson Street in Pittsburgh right beforehand. Just grab a beer, bite to eat, go see the show, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna take off. You know what I mean? Well, we stopped in there. Real deal. You know, just sitting around and uh, eating my food. Finally got it, and I hear these cowboy boots, and I was. You know, it's hardwood floors in there, and you just heard clunk, clunk, clunk. And I was like, fuck. You know what I mean? So I, like, turn to my left, and I look, and I, like, snap my head back. I look at Jessa. I was like, babe. She's like, what? I was like, that's fucking Benjamin Todd. She's like, what? I was like, that's Benjamin Todd. She's like, are you serious? I was like, yeah. Like, I was stoked, dude. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I panicked. You know what I mean? I was like, right. I, like I wanted to go say hello to him so bad because, like, he's leaving and shit. It's not like he was sitting down and eating, and you know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to say hello, kind of, you know what I mean? Because I, I drove to go see him because his music touched me in a way that, like, a lot of lyricists have not, you know what I mean? It, it, it's poetry, it really is. Um, he writes a lot of songs about, like, life and personal experiences that mm-hmm. kind of get you in a way where you're like, wow, holy fuck, like, I've been there, or if not, like... That's kind of the way Lucera does to me. Yeah, like, exactly like Lucera. Like, he puts you in that feel where, like, even if you haven't been in the situation, you feel like you have. You know what I mean? So I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I was like, I asked the bartender. I was like, hey, 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 do you have a pen? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, bam. I snagged it up, turned to go look, already gone. You know what I mean? He walked out the bar, hung a right. I was like, fuck, man. I was like, I missed my opportunity. I kept asking her. I was like, you think I can go outside and look for him? She's like, you do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. I was like, all right, all right, all right. I'm trying to hype myself up. I'm like, all right, I don't want to be like like some fucking stupid fan, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, hey, don't... man, oh my God. Yeah, you, you don't want to be a fanboy. Yeah, so I calmed down for a second, and the moment passed. I said, whatever, you know what I mean? So, so I turned back around, started eating my food, bullshit with my life, and uh, looked to my right, dude. He come walking back, because the venue was literally to the right of the Urban Tap. He came walking back past the Urban Tap and stopped right in an alley to smoke a cigarette. And I was like... All right, this is my moment, man. Fuck it. And I was like, "Hey, I'm leaving." She's like, "What?" I was like, "He's outside." And I like stood up and I walked out. And uh, he, I just tried to pretend like I was walking by and like, you know what I mean? I did. Uh, uh, obviously, oh I'm going God. by. You're like walking by. You're like, "Hey." Yeah, I dude. I turned to him. I look. I was like, "Dude." And he's like, "What's up, man?" I was like, "Are you Benjamin Todd?" He's like, "Yeah, what's up?" And I was like, "Look, man. Like, I'm sorry." I was like, "I don't mean to interrupt you." I'm like. I'm sure you hear this often, but I just want to let you know, dude, I'm a huge fan. I was like, your music has inspired me in so many ways. I'm like, I've picked up my guitar. I started learning some of your music, man. I was just like, I love the way you play the guitar. It's so different. You know what I mean? He's like, oh, you play? And then, like, he's interested. You know what I mean? So then we start bullshitting for a second. And I was like, yeah, dude. I was like, I picked up your stuff. Some of them I couldn't even learn. I'm like, the way your picking pattern is nuts, man. Straight down picking. And he was like. No, he's he's all finger picking. James James Hetfield just He was just all James Hetfield. Doesn't matter. They straight fucking up. fire. It was great. <laughs> and uh you know, I told him I was like, "Look, I was like, "Hey man, I was like, you know, I just I was like, we're here to see you in a little bit, man. I hope you guys fucking rip it." He's like, "Yeah, no problem." I was like, "Look, uh 
I was like, any chance you want to take a picture? And he was like, hell yeah, dude. Held his arm out, you know what I mean? And I was like, fuck yeah. You know, we took a photo together and shit. I was like, all right, dude. I was like, I'll see you in a couple hours, man. He's like, hell yeah, I hope to see you there. I was like, sweet. You know, smacked hands and I bolted. You know, I just left him alone, let him finish a cigarette and shit. But, like, that was one of the first times I've ever actually been, like, starstruck. Like, holy fuck, you know what I mean? Like, if I met James Hetfield, I'd be like, yo, what's up, James? You know what I mean? But like that, like he'd probably tell you to fuck off. I was at, at, at more of a personal level with right, that. right. Like, well, that's that's what that's his what, music like really hit home. Being more personable, that's like the thing is like um, the wrestler CM Punk. He said one of his biggest pet peeves was never people would see him at the airport and they would talk to him like they knew him, because like his real name is Phil Brooks. So like he'd be at like an airport and people would be like, "Hey, what's up, Phil?" Oh yeah. He'd be like, "Who the fuck are you?" Like yeah. I'm C, like just call me C. Just be like, be respectful and just be like, hey, uh, are you CM Punk? Can I get a picture? But people would be like, hey, are you uh, you Phil? Hey, hey Phil, how are you doing? Like, like they, you know, like they knew him. Like, yeah. I guess if you're gonna be a fan, be a fan, but be respectful about it. True. Um, Mac Miller had a song, and he says that uh, he says, uh, don't ever call me Malcolm or Malcolm unless you fucking knew me back then. Yeah. Cause you know. Malcolm Miller, that was his name. He went by Mac Miller. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's, don't ever fucking call me Mac, or don't ever call me Ma- Malcolm unless you knew me. Right, right. Like, and I get that. Like, I guess there's a difference, like, that pedestal rock star deal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're famous and stuff, but you don't have to treat them like they're gods. You know what I mean? Like, right. Don't but, idolize but them. But at the same time, don't, like, just be, I don't know, just be respectful and, like, be like, hey, I am a fan coming to you. Don't be like, hey, like, we're bros. Like, yeah. I'm not going to come to you like I know you all my life. Fuck no, right, dude. Right. I'm just going to be like, dude, like, I've been listening to your shit for five years, man. That's John, great. He, he actually met uh, Ben from Lucero. Yeah? And he, yeah, he, he like, met him up at, well, he, he John loves Lucero, so, like, he's, he bought tickets, they were on their bike riders tour, and he was doing, like, some solo stuff, I guess. I don't know if it was, like, Lucero, but I think it was just, like, solo stuff, where they were literally riding motorcycles from show to show, and, like, they, they play it up in Cleveland, and he met him. And he uh, he bought a drink for him. At the, he was sitting at the bar, and he bought a drink for him or whatever. And then Ben's like, yeah, I'll get you a shot next time. And then, like, the next day, but I guess he was, like, smashed. He said, like, he was smashed off it. Like, he was just drunk. And then the next day, they were, then whenever he saw him in Pittsburgh, he was like, hey, man, you owe me a shot for He's like, hey, do you remember me? He's like, yeah, didn't we drink last night? He was like, yeah. He's like, oh, how are you doing? He's like, yeah, you said you bought me a shot. He's like, all right, whatever, and bought him a shot. <laughs> Yeah, dude. That's sweet as shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I he met... was kind of like starstruck because he's like, I didn't want to go to. I just was like, hey, aren't you Ben? He's like, yeah, man, what's up? Like, just hammer drunk. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a couple times in my life. Like, I guess now would be a good episode to talk about. You know what I mean? But, like, I've met some people and I felt like it was like kind of like a privilege. Um, for instance, when I was in college, uh, I don't know if you know Dana Oster or not. I do not. Okay, well, he, this motherfucker knows everybody. Don't tell me how, but Dana knows everybody. And um, we're sitting at the uh, the eatery at Edinburgh, like underneath the dormitory where I was at, called Shipjacks. Okay, we call it Shipjacks all the time because, you know, you eat the food, it's, you know, right to the bathroom. Yeah, that's, anyways, that's like the, uh, the cow you the cafeteria is called the gold rush, and we would call it the gold flush. <laughs> Continue. This is the way it goes. But anyways, we're sitting there. It's like me, my buddy Ryan Moore, uh, Jordan Zarina. We're all chilling there and, uh, you know, had our daily fucking chicken tenders and fries. You know what I mean? Six bucks. Uh, bottle of hot sauce. Fucking bottle of ketchup. Sitting there. Dana walks in with this guy. 
you know, big ass goatee, long ass hair, skinny motherfucker. You know what I mean? And I was like, we're like, yo, Dana. I was like, we're in the corner, man. Come on. He's like, all right, cool. So Dana stops by. He sits down. He's bullshitting for a second. He's like, hey, this is my buddy, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, cool. What's up? He goes, yeah, he plays drums for Job for a Cowboy. And me and Ryan looked at each other. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) No. I mean, I was like, there's no way. Never on a personal level like that. You know what I mean? He, He came in. He sat down. And like Ryan and I were like sweating. I was like. I feel weird. <laughs> like, this is sick as fuck. Job and, for uh, no. Ryan, Ryan was just like, hey, uh, I really like your music, man. He's like eating chicken tenders. And he's like, thanks, dude. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is the most nonchalant shit ever, dude. Like, he's just friends with Dana, man. It was like crazy as fuck. He's like, yeah, he's been playing for them for like, you know, four years. And I was like, I've listened to every single one of your songs. <laughs> Job for a Cowboy should have been so much bigger. Oh, dude. They're they, so good, they, man. They just never quite made it. No. Yeah, I feel like I agree, dude. They should. If they, they were to come out right now, everybody would be like, what the they fuck? They should have been the biggest metal band in the world. <laughs> you know? Fuck, I feel like their, their biggest problem was um, vocalists. Yeah, he just, I was I was hit my just, vape, but you're gonna say I think their biggest problem was, and I was gonna go. Yeah, it was they don't have the, they didn't have the vocalist to carry them. Yeah, uh, they don't have that stage presence. Like, um, for example, like Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy is carried by Pete Wentz. Agree wholeheartedly. He's he's the stage presence. He is he's the face of the band. He's, he's the, the beautiful singer. boy, man. He's he's not the lead singer. Usually, a band's carried by the lead singer. Never Pete, is a band carried by the bass player. Pete Wentz. Yeah, Pete, you know. Pete Wentz does it because he has a stage presence. He's like, I am the fucking front man here. Yeah. It's like, I am the boy that fell out. He is, he's basically uh, the cab driver from uh, Captain Phillips. I hate you. What? I don't know. No, that, no the, 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 the actor who played the, uh, the, the Somali pirate in Captain Phillips, he was a cab driver and he just tried out for the movie. And they were like, Wow, you're really good at this. And then he won Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> His only it was it was the first movie he did, and they were like, "Yeah, you're really good at this." That's great. Like he was driving, he was driving cab, and I guess it was like one of the um, people like doing the auditions was like, "Do you want to try out for this movie?" He was like, "All right." Yeah, I'm I like how like how does that even happen? Yeah, I am the captain now. <laughs> Look at me, Pete Wentz. Yeah, Pete Wentz is like, I am the front man now. Yeah. Look at me. I am the front man now. I don't know, dude. <laughs> I get it, but I, you know that we should do it. We should do an episode on front men. We should, because like a band like Alice in Chains had two really, because Jerry Cantrell was Jerry Cantrell and Lane Staley were just so good together. Yeah, and then like if even if we want to talk about like you know going to Van Halen, like Eddie, no Eddie Van no. Halen no. was the front no. man of that band. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Van Hagar, and I was like, no. No, 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 no. Sam Hagar. No, Sammy Hagar was terrible. Yeah. I hate Sammy like, Hagar. You get that frontman aspect, but if it were not for Eddie, like. Van Halen, not Van Hagar. Yeah, straight up. Who's the other one? Um, David Lee Roth. David Lee Roth was the lead singer for a while. Yeah, he he was good. Well, Eddie Van Halen was a guitarist, and David Lee Roth was the lead singer, and that's like, yeah. that's like the Van Halen that everyone likes. Yeah. But then when you get to Sammy Hagar stuff, it's just not good. Yeah. But 
like like I said, like you know, if it weren't for Eddie, like I don't feel like they'd still be a band. Because people, yeah, I don't feel like people really went to go see Sammy Hagar, or right. they went to go see David Lee Roth. You know what I mean? Like, right. If you're a music fan, like, dude, Eddie Van Halen, man. I mean, like, he has this motherfucker has amps and shit named after him. You know what I mean? I, Amazing guy. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, but that's one of those people too. At the same time, like, you know, going back to what we originally said, like, one of those people who could fucking shred. But really didn't show his skill, like, in his music. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, solos, don't get me wrong, but, like, that guy could fucking shred, man. Well, Van Halen? Yeah. Yeah, when, like, well, we listen to, like, Eruption. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's like, all right, I'm going to fucking rip this solo. Yeah, hey, we're going to start gonna... the song out with a two and a half minute solo. Yeah, do you, hey, do you guys like the kinks? You really got me? Because I'm about to fucking rip this solo because it doesn't have one in it. <laughs> Even even with like a, even with like um a tribe called Quest the, the rap group like you had um Fife Q Tip was a better rapper great producer he could spin records like crazy but Fife Dog kind of carried that and then uh, even like in the country scene like in the nineties when you had like Garth Brooks like Garth Brooks demanded an audience. Yeah, just the way he played and what he sang about, and fucking white people love friends in low places so yeah, much. Yeah, dude, I used to DJ at the Bear every Saturday. Oh my god, and you play friends the, in low places at, at least once a night, at least once a night. If I played it twice, I'm like, I'd do it, you know, around nine thirty, and then do it again at like one, and the yes. fucking bar would be like, yeah. I literally have a video on my phone safe somewhere where I'm talking like 37 people, the entire bar singing that. Do you guys, uh, do you guys, who was the greatest selling artist of the 90s? If you said Garth Brooks, here's Friends in Low Places. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys said Garth Brooks, this song's for you. Bam. But, it, uh, I, you know, like, like we said too, I, I know we're kind of sporadic here. Like, fuck it. We today, today's episode's sporadic just yeah, because dude, we didn't have anything got a topic, planned. But if you guys are ever out there, you're at a show, you know what I mean? You really want to meet somebody, just do it respectfully. You know what I mean? Um, Try to treat them like a person that you've always wanted to meet. Like, don't hold them up so far on a pedestal where you're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Because that really throws off people sometimes. Like, there are people who are, like, super cool about fans like that. Especially if you're a girl and your name is uh, Vince Neil. Um, you know, don't do that. Well, it's um, Dave and I even went to a wrestling show one time. And, like, the uh, the, the pre-show commentary booth... We had floor seats. We were like in the 16th row on floor seats, but the commentary like panel for the pre-show was like pre-she, pre-show, pre-show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. They were they were like right behind us. Like we, whenever you walked in from like the concession stand, you had to come in, and if you just walked straight for like 20 feet, you'd be at the commentary stand. But we had to hook a right to get to our seats. But like we were walking in, and like they're all there, and like Booker T's there, and we were like. And whenever they were done with, like, their, their pre-show panel, like, they were walking away. We were like, yo, Booker T, what's up? And he was like, hey, what's up? Just yeah. waved to us. And we're like, hell yeah. Booker T was like, yo. Like, yo, Booker, what's up? He was like, yo. Gave us a wave and was on his way. I'm like, yeah, Booker T waved at us. That's the way to he's do it. He's never going to know who we are. And he's going to forget about this because I'm sure every time he goes someplace, they're like, yo, you're Booker T. Yeah. The five-time, five-time, five-time WCW World Heavyweight Champion. No, he's usually said it five times. 
I mean, every time Booker T won a title, he'd be like, "I'm the greatest, three time, three time, three time WCW champion." And they'd be like, "One at the fifth time, he's like, I'm the greatest, five time, five time, five time, five time, five time WCW champion." I'm like, "God, please don't win it like ten times." Yeah, because then we're gonna be here for a while. It'd be great. Fast forward to 2007, he's like won it ten times. Yeah. Ten time, 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 ten. Who knows though? Wrestling fans are both the worst and the best fans in the world. True, true. I don't know. I just feel like I get the fact that you're like, oh my god, Pete Wentz shook my hand. I'm never watching this again. You know what I mean? And then you know we're talking about people like big fans. You know we had Adam Atticus Jones on here. And uh, he got to meet a lot of his, like, role models. You know what I mean? Skrillex. Uh, no, he met DJ Tiesto, and he got to meet DJ Limp Bizkit. And, uh, oh, he met Limp Bizkit? Uh, did I say Limp Bizkit? Yeah. Oh, I meant to say um, Linkin Park. Oh. Yeah, oh, he bad. killed himself. Yeah, yeah, he has Chester's tat. Uh, he, he actually got them to sign his arm, mm-hmm. and he left it there. And he went and got it tattooed. Oh wow, that's over cool. top of you know what I mean. That's cool. And uh, he has Chester's uh, name tattooed on him, and he has DJTS's name tattooed on his shoulder. That's cool. I thought that was cool as fuck. I'm like, I've actually never seen that happen before. So that's a pretty cool thing, you know what I mean? And that's like, hey, I'm never gonna wash his hand. Like, okay, I get it, but like, that's kind of gross. Well, you're gonna shit on your hand one day, yeah, and you're gonna need to wash it. Yeah. Well, I'm not shitting on my hand. I'm shitting on Tiesto's hand, man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, you know what I mean? That's a cool thing. Like, it's right. a memory. You know what I mean? You keep that. And uh, keep that alive. You know what I mean? Um, there was a time uh, we were at Rock on the Range. And if you know the band, uh, To Write Love on Her Arms. No, I didn't. I'm not. Um, they're kind of like, uh, I don't know what you want to say. Kind of like, more like a poppy, uh, like metalcore band. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um. You know, they're called To Write Love on Her Arms. And uh, I was with uh, my friend Stevie at the time, and he's at his merch table, like uh, the guitarist and lead singer. And he's there by himself just selling T-shirts because the band went to go get food for him and shit. And I was like, hey, man. I was like, could you do me a favor? He's like, yeah. I was like, look, I got this Sharpie. I was like, if you could write the word love on her arms, I think that'd be amazing. And he was like, fuck yeah, I'll do that. You know what I mean? She holds out her arms, and I'm, like, filming it while it happened. Oh, you know that's I mean? pretty cool. That's really cool. I was like, holy fuck, dude. Like, you're awesome, man. And he's like, no, no problem, dude. And I was like, give me a T-shirt. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, fuck yeah, dude. This is badass. You know, and you just think about it. Uh, one, it's, like, propaganda for you. But two, like, I don't know, like, from the rock star side of you, like, if you're going to be an asshole, people are going to talk about you. Like, right. That guy's a fucking yeah, dick. It depends, because, you know I mean? like, sometimes you hear stories where, like, wow, that guy was a piece of shit, and then other times, like, wow, I heard that guy was great. True. It just, True. I guess it just I mean, musicians, famous people or people just like us. Some days we're dickheads. Yesterday, I was hateful. I was so fucking That's hateful. That's what I think. Yesterday. Like, you but can't, you can't judge mood. him by that alone. Right. Right. You got to think, like, you said it perfectly. Musicians are people just like us. Like, they go through their good times, they go through their bad times. If they're having a bad day and they're trying to get back to the hotel or something, you know what I mean? And you're this, you know what I mean? I get it. I have to talk to all these people or whatnot. But, mm-hmm. like, I guess try to be a little bit more nice. But if your mood was bad, I get it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to hold it against you or anything. Right. But, it, yeah, I feel you, man. Like, they're just like us. So. 
there's got to be a time where you're like, well, look, man, I'm not doing a signing tonight. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> I'm going to flip out on a motherfucker. The one thing I was just thinking about, though, is you were saying about like people were like, oh, my God, I'm never going to watch this head again. And I was talking about wrestling fans. Um, back in 2006, um, WWE brought back the ECW thing for like a one night pay-per-view kind of deal and they had a bunch of like ecw wrestlers there but they had it in the hammerstein ballroom which is where ecw was for 10 years so it was just a bunch of crazy ecw fans and john cena came out to defend the title and people were chanting fuck you cena and stuff like that and he took off his shirt and he threw it into the crowd and then somebody threw it back at him (laughs) and everyone started cheering so he threw it to the other side of the crowd and then somebody threw it back at him, and the crowd started cheering. So then he threw it to this part of the crowd, and someone threw it back at him, and the crowd was going nuts. They were like, yeah! Oh, dude. And he, like, walked around the ring, like, throwing his shirt into the crowd, and they were just throwing it back at him. And then eventually he threw it into the crowd, and somebody kept it, and everyone started booing. Because oh. they were just so hype at this guy being like, fuck you, John Cena. Yeah. You take your shirt back. Yeah, we don't want your fucking championship oh, bullshit. So, it, it was so good. And, like, people, I mean, that crowd was so hostile, too. They had, like, signs that were like, if Cena wins, we're going to riot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too good, though, dude. Oh, rest, that's what I mean. Wrestling fans are both the best and the worst in the world. Sometimes they're terrible. Because, like, I've seen, um. by the way, shout out, Benny Many Deals Yasko. For the homemade uh, Roni Berry wine. We appreciate you. Um, there was one time where uh, Roman Reigns had leukemia. He's like, my name. And people people didn't like Roman Reigns at the time. And they were like booing him. And he comes out. And he's like, yeah. He's like, he's he's trying to be real serious. People were booing him. He's like, but my name isn't uh, Roman. It's Joe. And I have leukemia. And the crowd like goes quiet. But then you hear one guy. Whenever he's like, my name's Joe, he's like, you suck, Roman! Like, <laughs> as he's saying he has cancer, I'm like, holy shit. Oh, my God. Ugh. Have you ever had an embarrassing moment at a show? No. No, I I mean, being, well, like I said earlier, being hammered drunk at, like, Mayhem Festival, I look back at I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Going back to uh, us talking about seeing um, the Almost play, where Dave got to meet... Um, Aaron Giuseppe, Gillespie, excuse me. Um, we're there. And How's only one person watching whenever like we're both watching? Uh, I don't know. I feel like the numbers are always fucked up because there are quite a few people who have said stuff. But anyways, going back to what I was saying. Um, we're there, and Dave and I met our friend, Holly Gerber. You know her, correct? Uh, yeah, I met her one time, yes. Okay, so Holly's there. We meet up with her, and Holly's sister's there with her friend. And Holly's sister's kind of drunk already. And she's just, like, kind of hanging all over me. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, my gosh. I told her, I was like, haha, like, hey, I'm married, you know? Like, sorry, you know? Okay, chill out. But there was, like, a moment where, like, the band stops playing, and uh, Aaron comes out, and he starts to do an acoustic set, Okay. So it's just him on stage playing an acoustic guitar, quiet as fuck. And I'm like already kind of drunk at this point. And she just like starts rubbing up against me. And I was like, oh my God. And I like yelled. I said, oh, stop. I was like, hashtag me too. Aaron Gillespie stops playing, looks back at us. He goes, me too? What? And like Dave and Holly turn and just (laughs) give us the biggest glare in the world. And I just sunk down. I was like. 
<laughs> I just hid. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. You know what I mean? Like, maybe that's why he was a dickhead when we met him, because he recognized me. Maybe. Uh, whenever we saw Silverstein live, I remember. And I would... Uh, yeah, I like it, Again, it wasn't me, but like if I was that guy, I would have been super embarrassed. Was, um, we saw Silverstein live, and like they wrapped up, and he walked back, and he came back out, and he started playing the, the lead singer for Silverstein. He started playing some acoustic stuff. And he started playing. He's like, holy shit. That's so much weed. Because, like, you could see, like, this cloud. He's like, oh, my God, that's so much weed. And someone's like, you know you like it. He's like, no, I don't. How'd you even get that in here? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. If I could say my second time ever, um, we went to go see uh, Streetlight Manifesto. Mm, I love Streetlight. They played a secret show at... uh, State College, PA. And Tom invited me. He's like, dude, Streetlight's playing tonight. I'm like, what? I was like, you know. Like, First of all, it wasn't announced. He's like, yeah, I know. He's like, I'm going to school there. They told us it's happening tonight. I was like, seriously? He's like, yeah, you want to come? I was like, all right, cool. So we drive two and a half hours after to go see him. And um, there's this acoustic guy. His name's uh, Dan Podhast. And he opened up for him. And um, he's very, like, Ska-esque. You know what I mean? And he played... Uh, you know, a good 30 minutes, you know what I mean? Right. But he stops playing, and he yells out to the crowd. He goes, hey, this next song goes out by dedication. He goes, uh, or by request. He goes, anybody, you guys got anything you want me to play? So me being me, I just yell Freebird as loud as I can. Freebird! You know, they like scream, yeah, yeah. and everybody's yelling songs and stuff. He hears me yell Freebird. He looks me dead in the eye, and he goes, this next song's for you, man. And I was like, oh. He's gonna fucking play Freebird. I was like stoked. I was like, fuck yeah. He starts playing this acoustic song. And I was like, this isn't Freebird. And then he gets to the chorus and he goes, in every crowd, there's some asshole screaming, you suck. Play some Skinnerd. And I was just like, ah, ah, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? Everybody turns and looks at me when the chorus happens. And I was like, dude. Man, this ain't cool. You know what I mean? I felt like I like immediately just walked to the back to go get a beer. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck this shit, dude. This sucks, man." Oh, that's so good. I don't know. It's just the way it goes, I guess. Shit happens, but I was like, "Oh, fuck, man." You know, <laughs> some people's kids. But he was cool as fuck. Like he he didn't mean it personally or anything. It's just right. Like, but I'm I think sure that I'm was sure part he did of it like every show. Yep, that was definitely part of the stage show. It's fucking, <clears throat> fucking crazy. Which that's the thing. Like, there's, there's, your stage presence is huge. Yeah, um, we once seen people like people. Oh, go ahead. I'm uh, sorry. I was like, we once seen um, uh, Hawthorne Heights play. Mm-hmm. I've seen them two times. Oh, I've seen Hawthorne Heights one time, and that was enough for me. Really? They we've seen them for, play at Warp Tour two times. They opened up for Third Eye Blind, and I was not what? excited. <laughs> yeah, this is like 2014. I saw Third Eye. The second time I've said that I've seen Third Eye Blind because I've seen them twice now. First time I saw them, they were in uh, Cleveland, and Hawthorne Heights opened up, and like there was barely anybody there because they were playing. They started playing at like six o'clock, and like we were late getting there. Any well, no, we we were we had a detour because like ninety five was closed because there was like a horrible car wreck, like a bunch of vehicles, like people died and stuff. Like so, we had to go around, and my GPS didn't work on my phone, and Zager was with me, and he had, like, flip phone back then. Ugh. So, like, I was literally just 
going by like <clears throat> i was like i think this is the way we go and we had to go around on 90 instead of just taking 80 there we had to go up on 90 come around and um yeah whenever they played i was like the whole time i like they were playing i'm like yeah i'm not into this now just like walk walk away like get a beer buy some food or something come back sit down play on my phone <laughs> fuck they're still playing yeah yeah but whenever they played oh god what was their big hit Ohio's for Lovers. They played that to finish a show, and he was crowd surfing, like, singing. And I'm like, all right, that's pretty cool, but there's only, like, you know, 100 people down there. Yeah. And then whenever Third Eye Blind came on, the place packed like you couldn't move. I'm oh. like, where did these extra fucking 900 people come from? Yeah. I was like, they were in here a half hour ago. Well, we've seen them play two times at Warp Tour, and uh, I've seen them play in Pittsburgh. And somebody chucks a fucking bottle up on stage... And it hits the lead, sing- lead singer in the head. And, like, he's in the middle of playing a song, and he just stops. He's like, you throw something back on here again, I'm going to fucking kill you. And then just continues <laughs> to play the song. And I was like, yo, dude, fuck that guy. You know what I'm saying? Right. And fast forward two months, we've seen them play at uh, uh, Cleveland at uh, Blossom. And the same exact fucking thing happened. Like, so that made me think, like, it was part of the show. Right. You know what I mean? It was so weird, though. But, I mean, it happened. Like, real shit. Somebody threw a bottle on stage. It hit him. And he was like, hey, you throw something again, I'm going to fucking kill you. And then he just continues playing. And I was like, wait a second. Like, it was like deja right. vu. It was weird. You know what I mean? Whenever, um, well, no one got hit. In that. Well, have you ever seen the video of the, the lead singer with Nickelback? <laughs> when, they, when they're throwing the rocks. And, like, one hits him was like... You guys want a fucking rock or no? And then someone fucking throws another rock and hits them in the head. And they're like, all right, fuck you. And they leave. <laughs> it's like, we're done. Yeah. And the, I'm out. The dude. drummer like throws a stick and like gives the crowd the bird and fucking walks away. <laughs> they were, they were, apparently that was like a metal festival. Oh my so God. So that's why people were mad. Cause yeah. they're like, it's like, um, what's the band? Uh, Crazy Town. Yeah. They played Ozfest one year. And apparently did not go well for them, but they ended up like stopping halfway through because like the the drummer got into a fight like at a bar or something after one of the shows, and they were just like, okay, we're not going on this tour because we're not being good right now. Yeah, because they were like, all right, our song is Butterfly, and people were like, why are you at Ozfest, you fucking pieces of shit? Yeah, you just <laughs> fucking suck. Play me some metal. I, I I mean, if you're a band and you're like, hey. We probably shouldn't play this festival, but then they're like, hey, look at this paycheck. You're like, okay, we'll we'll play it. Well, look at, uh, what, four months ago, uh, Lil Wayne just went on tour with Blink-182. Yeah, and it didn't work for him. He stopped halfway through. And he said, you know what? And he goes, this ain't my type of crowd. And he L- just little, left. But see, it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, that kind of, at first you're like, that's weird. But then when you think about it, you're like, it kind of works. Yeah. But I guess it did, obviously. I mean, I, I could see it because I'm a huge Blink-182 fan. I'm a huge Lil Wayne fan. Yeah, right. I'd listen to both, dude. Right. But I it's mean, a like, weird concert, but I'd be okay with it. But it's like, all right, uh, this year we are going to have uh, we're gonna have Weezer with opening act, uh, Gangstar. Yeah. I we're mean, like, we'll look uh, at Incarceration. Yeah. Hey, guys, what's going on? We're Limp Bizkit. Uh, up next is Weezer. You're like, what? <laughs> Manly <laughs> rolling like I have a chainsaw. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's fucked. Uh, I didn't think about that. that. Was perfect. The mentally ill line was just uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, but see, I really like Weezer, and then I also I I'm, I really I'm, like my biscuit. I'm limping with the biscuit. So. Yeah, dude. 
I'd be down to see them both play. Right. I, I'm excited to see what they do, uh, Limp biscuit wise Like, what do you think they're going to play? Chocolate starfish. You think? Uh, like, um, I feel like they're going to definitely play something off a of significant other. They're, well, yeah, they're going to play fucking Rearranged. Yeah. Uh, whenever Warner... going to have to play fucking Nookie, too. Yeah, it wasn't... Well, Nookie was well, off Well, Nookie's $3 bill. No, it was 3 Oh, it might be off $3 bill. No, Nookie... Because uh, it went... Uh, it's not off significant other. They're not going to play anything other than those three albums. Okay. They're going to play $3 bill. They're going to play... They might play one or two new songs. And Rearranged people, wasn't until... Significant Other. That was one of the first songs I ever bought on iTunes in like the year 2001 because it was featured in like a WWF pay-per-view and I was like, this song's great. But so then they rearranged ha- is a song name? That's what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I don't even fucking know if I know that one. Yes, you do. Just think about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. but And then they have like that. I remember I figured out that on iTunes you could crop songs. But I, and I didn't like the ending because I never heard it on the radio before. Because like Rock 104 always cropped off the ending with like the the turntable part. So that was the first song I ever edited because I I went into iTunes and I figured out that I could crop off the last thirty seconds. So I did because I didn't like the turntable part. And now I do because you know I'm an adult, not a child. But it's like when they uh, they cover blue uh, behind blue eyes. I hate that cover. Really? That cover's so shit. If they didn't have it's, that it's not dis- random turntable breakdown, I feel like it'd be amazing. Disturbed Sound of Silence is the worst cover ever. But then that Behind Blue Eyes is terrible. Wow. What? Sad I'm sitting here talking to you right now. Why? Because you think they're both good covers? No. I think the Behind Blue Eyes covers is decent, but... Yeah, fucking Sound of Silence was garbage. Yeah, that, and people were like, this song's so good. I'm like, you have Garfunkel a- himself said he thought it was done really well. Well, Garfunk was a piece of shit and doesn't <laughs> know what he's talking <laughs> he's about. He's old and he needs to he, hang it up. He was just, he should have been like, nah, shit, I shouldn't ever let him cover that. Because David Draymond was like, he's a talented singer, but just the way he did it where it was like, I was disappointed. It was so bad. Which I think which I, is I was I was more mad about that than the Genesis covers. Well, no, but it's really weird because I think like Land of Confusion was a good cover they did. What I thought? Okay, I, thought I guess it, we have different tastes. I thought it was good. A, well, no, I thought it was a decent cover, or even like Shout. I, I didn't like it, but I understood what they were doing, so I was like, okay, I'm okay with this. Like every Disturbed cover, I thought, all right, I'm okay. It, you're not you're not doing Cars by Fear Factory because that's the best cover of all time. But all right, you're doing some good stuff. But then when they came with Sound of Silence, I was like, this is horrible. I hope everyone who likes this fucking dies. Like, Yeah. I'm sorry. That's hateful me coming out again. No, dude. I just... I just, Bad choices on their behalf, maybe. It wasn't like the way I thought it could have went. I mean, if, if we're talking worst cover in the world, like, what would you say? Like, uh, recently. The worst cover ever? Recently. Fergie singing the national anthem. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Can't disagree. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> oh, I think so. <laughs> I was gonna say Five Finger Death Punch covering LL Cool J, but you're like. Fergie National Anthem, hands down. <laughs> I, ju- I just... It's like, no thought about it. I ha- just well, like, straight up, dude. <laughs> it just, 
I watched it. Uh, like, I mean, I, I saw it when it happened. Uh. But then, like, I just saw, like, a video of it, like, a few days ago. And I'm like, oh, God, so bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, Five Finger Death Punch covering pretty much anything. Yeah. Bad Company is the only bad one. Bad Company was okay. Bad Company was okay. Everything else they did was not good. Because Five Finger Death Punch is like, all right. That's why they call me Bad Company. It's not bad. Well, like, that's not a bad. It's. It's no cake. It cover, fit but, their style, right? But everything else they do, they're like, "All right, we know three chords in the same guitar solo." Yeah, and then do like, you guys support the police and the military because we're all about that. They covered LL Cool J. Mama said, "Knock you out." Yeah, it's and not I was good. like, "Dude, stop!" Um, My stepdad showed me that. And I was like, "No, Mike, no, this is horrible." <laughs> oh God, uh, best, the worst recent one. Uh, Sound of Silence is up there. Oh, Lana Del Rey covering uh, Doing Time by Sublime. Literally just came out. No shit. I didn't know about that one. I just heard it on the radio. Like, I was listening to 105.9 The X. Doing Time. The, the X used to be like, uh, they used to play a lot more metal and stuff. And like, yeah. still you would like occasionally catch them. They were like, all right, here's Rage Against the Machine. Then we have Nirvana and like this and that. But they were like, they were like, new song alert. Lena Del Rey. And I'm like, why is the X playing Lena Del Rey? She's a pop artist. And then she was covering... Uh, doing time, and I was like, "What?" Because she she doesn't change any of the lyrics. So she's like Bradley on the microphone, and I'm like, "You're not Bradley. You're Lena Del Rey. Knock it the fuck off." Yeah, your name backwards is anal. We're gonna shut the fuck up. I'll show it to you whenever we're done here. Okay. Yeah, I I, I didn't know that. I just I do up. like "Summertime Sadness" by Lena Del Rey, but like her cover of "Doing Time," I'm like, I I don't like this because she's. Are you familiar with Lena Del Rey? little bit. She does like the same monotone singing. She does okay. the same thing in that cover. She's like the She's old like Billie Eilish. Time and the feeling easy. Bradley on the microphone. I'm like, what? Yeah, she's like old school Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish doesn't really sing. No, yeah, she's like, don't I'm glad John Lennon isn't alive to see this. Ever. Not because of Billie, because Billie slaps. I'm just glad that he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was a dark meme. I was on the phone uh, with John the other day, and uh, it was like John and Steve Leisure. And I was like, hey, you guys know the difference between bullets and people? Oh, no. And John answered me, and he was like, bullets, or people miss John Lennon? And I was like, ah. <laughs> 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 this guy. I don't know. I think it was uh, so funny, though. All right, guys. I think that's going to be it for us. Yeah, we just rambled on for a while about everything. Well, that's what it's about, dude. You know what I mean? Um, that's why I love I doing feel, this, though. Yeah, dude, we got chemistry, dude. This is basically just me and Josh having conversation every week. Yeah. Eventually, is... we're eventually we're gonna do a rap episode and talk about how Vanilla Ice invented rap. Yeah, straight up, show it up, show it. Yeah, I don't know if they can see it that well, but there you go, there you go. Vanilla Ice invented rap. You guys seen it here first. Get up in that shit. Right? Right? There you go. There you go. So, um, coming up here soon, we should have uh, Mr. Brandon Blackwell on. Uh, he is a local R&B artist. Uh, quite the amazing voice. I'm talking like make your panties wet kind of shit. Mm. Girl or guy. Uh, whew. I mean, like, he gives me goosebumps. I love it. Hopefully, I can get Scott Breeds on here, but I haven't. I, I was like, hey, do you want to do my podcast? Like, yeah, I'd be down to do that. I was like, yeah, I'll get back to you in like a week. And it's been like six. So, Scott, if you're watching, I'm sorry. I'm I'm terrible at messaging people. It's okay. 
we we all have our faults, you know. But uh, coming up soon, <clears throat> like Kenny said, we do have the rap episode coming up, and we've uh, been talking about that. Brianna, I love you. Marry me. And we then also come have, on my podcast. Yeah, you're the hot one. Uh, we also <laughs> have. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Brianna, a re- I love you. A reggae episode coming up. You guys should check that out too. I'm gonna get dressed reggae. for that one. Yeah, I think it'd be dope. <laughs> we should just grab the uh, Rastafarian hats with the dress already <laughs> just built wear in. Just wear and not say anything. <laughs> yeah, but um, that's one thing we haven't touched base on. And reggae is pretty fucking huge, especially nowadays. Uh, you got bands like uh, Badfish, Covering Sublime. Uh, you know, you got Badfish the- is like the premier cover. Is one of the premier cover bands. True. Uh, that and Zoso. They have a huge following, man. Yeah, I I, th- I would say them and Zoso are like the two biggest cover bands in the <coughs> United. Well, what's the Pink Floyd cover band? Which one? The big one. Uh, wish you were here. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> I would say besides, uh, you know, Government like cheese, Badfish covering. Um, Thick you got bands thieves. like, um, you know. Uh, Jeez, I'm saying a lot because I'm trying to think. Uh, Dirty Heads, you guys have Revolution. You guys, oh, we got 311, Pepper. You know, we got a lot to talk really about. not so. a reggae band. But that's the other, that's another summer tour, though, 311. True. And Incubus. True. True. So we got a lot to talk about coming up this month. Um, like we said at the beginning, I did just start driving trucks, so our schedule may be a little sporadic. If we're not here to give you guys content every week, it will definitely be every other week. We'll find a way to do it and a time to do it. Brianna, I love you. Uh, Brianna, by the way, Kenny says that he loves you. You're definitely the hot twin. I love you. He loves you. So, guys, tune in uh, next week. Like I said, if we aren't here next week, be sure to tune in the following week. And we'll definitely be there while Kenny has a hole on the side so of his stupid. mouth. I look so stupid. It's okay. They can only see it on Facebook. Well, yeah, because you never do YouTube anymore. I know. I'm so bad. Like, share, subscribe. Tell your friends about us. Listen to us. Join us. Also, once again, we're going to whore this out. Please be sure to check out Lola and Company. She is the designer of our T-shirts. Also, shout out to Roland Lewis Designs, the designer of our logo. Uh, If you guys need any graphic designer needs, you guys can check him out. Definitely got the hookup on anything you guys need. If you need logos done, you guys need signs, anything like that. I've seen him do stuff from small little 50-pixel pictures to gigantic, uh, you know, six-foot by three-foot signs. So if you guys need any advertising information, go ahead and hit him up. Like I said, again, that's Roland Lewis Designs on Facebook. Lola and Company Designs on Facebook as well. And uh, you guys can check out Kenjamin Galentine on Facebook if you are in two half-nude men. Other than that, guys, this is the what Extraordinary Expletive. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to whore out Lola and Company Designs. So just, you know, if you if you go to her, just tell her that you saw us, that, that you got it from us. Yeah, uh, we could talk to her. We can actually try and work out maybe like a 10% discount plan or something like that. Yeah, something like that. If you if you mention us, we'll uh, you get a discount. I, again, if, if you, she don't give you the discount, we'll pay for 10% of it. How about that? Yeah, we'll give it. Well, yeah, we'll toss a few bucks your way because she, again, she does amazing work. Um, you want anything made, just tell her. Something's gonna have. last too. That's that's the big thing. And she, I mean, she does everything. She does T-shirts. She does uh, 3D printing. So, yeah. And our tumblers, they're dishwasher safe. Like extraordinary X with butt plugs coming soon. Yes, yes. Tell your moms. 
All right, guys. <laughs> All right, you guys have a good night. Peace out. Keep it classy. Tell your moms. Oh, God, your kids are upstairs.